0: How do you pay off your debts when you're living paycheck to paycheck? That's our topic today on the Debt Matters podcast, where we help Canadians find solutions to their debts with licensed insolvency trustees from across Canada. I'm Wayne Kay, and we're going to talk about options to service your debt. What do you do? We're going to talk about high interest versus lowest balance. We're going to talk about some strategies. We're going to talk about some strategies that can help you in 2024. Is consolidation a good thing? And when do you just have to know, okay, it's it's not working. I need serious help. My guest today is Matt Fader from Alan Marshall and Associates, licensed insolvency trustees in Nova Scotia, two offices in Dartmouth and Halifax. Matt, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Wayne. Going to be a great topic. Uh, this is the season. Tis the season to look back and say, I am sick and tired with my financial state, and I need to make a change. Wouldn't you say? Um,
1: kind of. Usually it comes the month after when everyone gets their credit card bills. But, you know, um,
0: we're getting around that point where people really start to panic. Okay. And... and- I think a lot of people like paycheck to paycheck for a lot of people actually is a dream. There's a lot of people who are a paycheck to three, four, mm. five days before paycheck. And uh, those are those days suck. I mean, we've, we've been there.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right. People aren't alone. So let's talk about this. What, what do people do when, when they hear the, the whole paycheck to paycheck and then they still have to pay off all these debts that you're talking about that, that credit card bill that's coming.
1: Well, um, I, I mean, when it comes to dealing with the debt, uh, there, there's a few things that people can do. Um, you know, always the first thing that they need to do is is people need to go and they need to review their cost of living calculations. So I'll never call it a budget. Um, you know, I'll have people that say, well, I budget $100 a month for groceries. And I'll say, well, that's great that you budget that. How's that going for you? Cause nobody's living off a hundred dollars a month for groceries. So what is the actual expense? So that's typically what we're going to get or what I would recommend that people get into when they start to review to say, how do I make this work? And um, when it comes to the spending, there's, there's, there's a real acknowledgement that there's a psychological um, component to a lot of this money management stuff. And one of the biggest things that people do need to realize is is that they treat themselves like failures because they can't make the budget happen. So they're treating themselves like they have a budgeting issue or a money management issue, where sometimes you just sit down and you do the core math and say, this is what you need to survive. And then when you line that up with your income, they don't, they don't match, you know, like I have $4,000 a month in expenses and I have $3,800 in income. Well, you can't beat yourself up for a budgeting failure when that's an income problem. We can still work on it and say, how can we bring that more into parity? But it is definitely something that we need to focus on to, to sort of, you know, to be realistic, just so that again, people aren't beating themselves up for the wrong reasons.
0: So this is the time though, when we're supposed to take a look and and, and realize that because the number of people that don't know how much is going out and and how much is actually coming in is quite shocking to me.
1: Um, it is. Um, but at the same time, it's understandable because money is being stretched in so many different ways. We have a lot of things that we pay for, like convenience types of products, subscriptions or things like that that people often forget about, even though they might be monthly right. uh, and we do have reoccurring costs that that people need to focus on and understand that it's not just rent or a mortgage and a car payment and gas and food you know there there are a lot of other types of expenses that exist um Some of the um, uh, expenses we classify as like occasional expenses, you know, um, Christmas and birthdays and winter boots and and things like that, that we say, well, you don't spend money on your license renewal every month, but it comes. And when we have those and we have a lot of those types of expenses that occur, it, it does leave people in a position where they're just woefully unprepared for them.
0: So what do, what do you do then? What How do we get even started here with figuring well, out how to take it, care of this? I, I mean, the first thing, and and especially
1: when you're looking at saying, um, how do I tackle this debt problem, is to say, can you afford to tackle it? And and again, that's where it really takes you doing that core deep look into what your income is and what your expenses are. Okay. I, I typically start people with that expense portion just so that we can determine um What is, what does need to come in per month to maintain the standard of living that they want to maintain? Mm -hmm. And that's a basic focus on three basic types of expenses, reoccurring monthlies, uh, occasional expenses, and weekly expenses. And when you add them all together, you can roughly figure out what your cost of living is. Right. And as a result of that, line that up with your income and say, where is my problem at? Is it a spending issue or is it an income issue?
0: Okay. All right. So we get that figured out. Then what do we do? Well, then you're, you're in a position where you have
1: to say, okay, is this sustainable? Can I do this? Like, you know, um, if you're saying I'm allocating a good chunk of my money to servicing debt, which is great. That's what we're supposed to do. We have debt, but that's to the detriment of not being prepared for the next disaster. It may not be the greatest of ways to handle the problem, if you know what I mean. Like, oh, I've been working my guts out and I finally got that credit card, paid down a thousand bucks, and then bam, something happens with the car. And I had to max the credit card out to get the car repaired. Now I'm back to square one and people will focus on all the struggle and everything that it took to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're right back to square one. And that can be very discouraging for folks. So that's that's when we look and we say, "Is this a problem that you can afford to dig yourself out of where we really have to be realistic on that
0: okay so that's something um, we have to get we have to get honest with ourselves on this one thousand percent
1: you know um yeah it doesn't do you any good to to try and you know it's like going to your therapist and lying to them and saying everything's okay, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> We could pay somebody to lie to them. Your therapist doesn't care. <laughs> you know, your next door neighbor doesn't care that you can't afford to pay your bills if you lie to them. So, you know, you have to be honest with yourself or else you're not going to get better.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what are we doing then? Help me through this. Are we going to be saving and tackling debt at the same time? How, how is this going to work? Because, you know, there's some high interest cards that's uh, just killing you every month.
1: Well, yeah. And, 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 you know, that's where, again, you, you have to say like, cause you, you get those two scenarios. You can get the person that says, well, I've realistically looked at my budget or I've contacted uh, a licensed insolvency trustee like myself or a credit counselor. And I've been through my budget. And, and if we get to that point, then yes, we're there to help guide somebody through right. that, make that burden a little easier. Um, if it's somebody who's in a position though, where they say, well, the debt might be manageable but how do I clean it up in the absence of this? Like, how do I exercise that self-help remedy? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, so if you had 500 bucks left and you said oh, at the end of the month and you said, okay, well, I have 250 for savings and 250 for debt service. You say, okay, is that 250 enough for debt service? And if it is, if you said, well, I've got three credit cards and the minimum payment on one is 100, and the minimum payment on the next one is 50, and the minimum payment on the next one is 25. You can say, okay, well, I got 250 to pay between these three cards. It's going to cost me a minimum of $175 to make the minimum payments on each of them. What do I do with that extra $75? And some people would just say, oh, well, I'll put an extra $25 on each card right Mm -hmm. um you know that keeps it balanced well you can do that it's not in my opinion the greatest way to handle it some people would say well i'll put that extra 75 on that higher interest card because that's going to save me the money uh or the the one with the higher balance right because of course that's costing me more money to service that debt and i said well yes from a logical standpoint that makes sense but again from a psychological standpoint you're much better served to tackle your smallest debt and to sink all the effort that you can into satisfying that smallest debt. Because one of the things you do need to do when you're trying to tackle debt is you need to feel like you're accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. You, know, you need to see the benefit of your hard work. And it's going to take you a lot longer in servicing that larger debt for you to see any kind of discernible difference in what you're doing. You know, Where if you can sink The majority of your resources into knocking off that smaller amount of debt, very quickly, you'll be able to say, hey, maybe that credit card has been paid off. And when you have that credit card paid off, you say, wow, I did something. And you can feel good about that. But on top of that, now you say, "Okay, well, now I attack the next one. But when I attack the next one, I now have... The surplus funds that I was put towards the lower one, the minimum payment that I was putting towards the lower one piled on top of the minimum payment that I was making in this mid-range card. So all of a sudden, your progress on paying that second card off, you're really amping it up, if you know what I mean, uh, and you're keeping that proper amount of motivation to say, I am making that headway. I am able to get this paid down. Um, So from a strategic standpoint, I would rather see that go than somebody who's focusing on just saying, let's save interest. Love it. Because again, from a logical standpoint, that makes sense. It's saving you money. But if you really do the math for the amount that you would save on stretching that out over the longer period of time uh, versus what I've just sort of laid out for you, um, the difference is negligible,
0: but I love uh, that you. Just you have a much yeah, chance I love this. that you gave us a strategy at least to, to move forward with. But the big thought is, what about going to get like a consolidation loan so you put all these together? Is that is that well, something yeah. that we should be doing or what? Um, consolidation
1: loans are fantastic, um, but when you get a consolidation loan, there are a few things that you need to do. Um, a consolidation loan should always follow you've been through sort of that income and expense process. Okay. So you know what you can afford to pay. That's very important. Because one of the problems with a consolidation loan for a lot of people is they get the loan, they who can breathe that sigh of relief okay, the pressure's off. I'm making one payment to this one person. It's a hefty payment because it is a consolidation loan, but because it's an installment, it'll be over in five years and making the same payment every month. It's nice and uniform and consistent and that's great. But if that doesn't come with an adjustment to your spending habits and it doesn't come with you saying, okay, in getting that consolidation loan, I've removed, you know, canceled or reduced all the Gets that I was consolidating into that. If you haven't limited your access to that credit, a lot of times
0: people end up falling back on oh, that. Oh no! After all that work, you're stressing so me out. So they go through all that, they get the oh, consolidation yeah. loan, yeah,
1: and then they say, "Oh well, you know, paying the consolidation loan is good, but I'm coming up 200 bucks short on the groceries, so I'll mm. put that on the credit card." Yeah, and then it eats up and up and up. So in a year's time, yeah or two years' time, or whatever it is, the credit cards and everything are maxed back out, but now they have this consolidation loan on top of it.
0: What about, like, your line of credits? Uh, You could use that, I guess. But to me, I guess a consolidation is similar in my mind that you move it over to, but once again, you can't be spending it. But a consolidation well, is actually through uh, a banking institute where they actually say here's your payments and we'll have it paid off in 58 years. yes yeah, yeah. Okay. so okay.
1: so your your two types of debt there a line of credit or consolidation um, these are your differences between revolving and installment right okay so we can know that hey if I get a line of credit yes my minimum payment might be less because my requirement is for me to pay only the interest.
0: But 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 we know, because we're listening to this show, that's not what we want to do. We want to actually pay this no, thing off. No, no,
1: because you <laughs> okay, just, good. the bank is more than happy to take that interest payment from now until the end of time, because you owe the exact same amount of money when you start it, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So, so
1: oh. I mean, with a consolidation, at least as an installment, it's factored out to say, okay, your interest rate is this, you're going to pay this much, and as you pay that down you can't borrow against it so we know that there's no credit available to you as you reduce that but it puts an end at the it puts a light at the end of the tunnel right to say well there's a conclusion that's going to come here through the consolidation so both products um, have their pros and their cons consolidation is designed to say let's take a bunch of debt put it together and get it paid off and that's wonderful Lines of credit typically would be reserved more for saying, oh, crap, I got to fix the roof and I need access to some quick cash. So I, you know, so hopefully I have the line of credit that I can borrow against, Mm -hmm. which would be a better alternative for me than putting it on my credit card because my, you know, 9% interest on the line of credit is different than my nineteen or twenty two percent on a credit card, right? You know, yeah, you didn't get air miles for it or 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 scene points or whatever. But you know, at some point you have to say, Well, those points cards can be a trap too, right? Absolutely. So
0: is there another option in there or that's those are pretty much your two options is you consolidate or you use a line of credit. Um win the lottery? Yeah, that's Uh, I like that one.
1: That, that one works well, you know, find a, a rich man or woman, whatever you're into, you know, just make sure you're, you're on the will.
0: Um, well, when, when, when do you pull the plug? You're like, okay, I, I'm just not going to succeed here. What, 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 at what point do you say, okay, I, I'm just not able to do this. I got to call Matt. I got to call the team. I got to call the team at Alan Marshall and associates. They've got to help me.
1: Well, well, um, one of the things that you do want to keep in mind is that, um, as a licensed insolvency trustee um, and based on my licensing and my regulation, anyone who comes into my office, our job is to assess to say, do you need my service or not? Like, As we look at these expenses, is this going to be a benefit to you? Is there another way? So we will help sort of coach you through in making that decision. Um just so that we can make sure you're making the proper one mm-hmm. to say, is this the right move for you? Like somebody comes to me and they're like, oh, I owe $10,000 in credit card debt. I want to file for bankruptcy. I'll be like, well, that's great. You want to, but you're not going to because <laughs> it's 10 grand and you're working and you have this and this and this. So let's look at these other alternatives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Yeah. Uh, but But debt load is of course relative to your income to your financial situation, things like that, right? So, you know, for somebody who makes $600 a month, 10 grand might as well be a million. Yeah. But then you have to look and say, what's creditor recourse? What is the damage to you? What are we trying to accomplish here? Um, So as a licensed insolvency trustee, that's what my job is, is to sort of evaluate somebody's options and to say, well, if you need my services, these are what they are. I can do a bankruptcy for you. I can do a proposal for you. We can find the solution for you that will work for you. And again, because I'm regulated, that's my job is to lay that out where somebody who's not regulated, um, somebody who might just be in there trying to make some money uh, is going to push you towards their solution. I'm happy to push you out of the door if it's the right option
0: for you. (laughs) Okay. And the first, uh, it's free. The first consultation is absolutely free. So you get to go uh, in and yeah, ask questions. Yeah, yeah. That's a big uh, thing too. It,
1: absolutely. If somebody's charging you for a free consultation, then you should find somebody else to
0: talk. <laughs> absolutely.
1: And, okay. and I always, you know, will recommend if, if it's, if you can find somebody local, of course, it's nice to be able to look somebody in the eye if you can. Um, there's a lot of, um, because it's a hot market, right? A lot of people got a lot of debt. There's a lot of people out there that are trying to make money off it. So you do need to be cautious about who you're dealing with. And and again, that's where if you do go to a licensed insolvency trustee, at least, you know, I mean, I think there's maybe 1,000, 2,000 of us in the country. So at least you know we're regulated and we have these rules and we're hopefully going to pop you in that right solution. But always, you know, do your research. Get a second opinion. Um, if you don't like what you're hearing from one person, talk to another. But go unequipped and informed too. Yeah. Like, you know, when right. somebody sits down across the table from me and they don't even know what their income is. I'm like, okay, how deeply have you looked into solving this problem? Mm. Um I don't want to work in quick fixes. These quick fixes can have lasting and damaging um, effects on somebody if they haven't done the research. So, you know, we're there to help navigate that path.
0: I love it, Matt. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks a bunch, Wade. My guest today, Matt Fader, and if you want to learn more, schedule that free consultation with Alan Marshall and Associates. You can go to the website, wecanhelp.ca, and of course, they're licensed insolvency trustees, wecanhelp.ca. That's it for today's Debt Matters podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, and of course, for more information, you can always check out debtmatters.ca. Thanks for listening.